Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. In this week's Gospel, Jesus teaches us how radical sin can be in our life and how radical a response it requires from us to eradicate that sin from our lives. Now, just a few years ago, you may have heard a story about a young man, Aaron Rolston, who was hiking in the mountains of Utah. Well, while rappelling down a canyon, he fell, and unexpectedly, he fell and was pinned between two rocks. His arm was pinned between two large boulders, and he couldn't free himself. Now, for two days and two nights, he spent the entire time trying to free himself, but he couldn't. Convinced that unless he freed himself from this rock, he would definitely die of exposure to the elements, to dehydration and starvation. And so it called for a radical act upon his part. And so he reached back into his backpack and found a small pocket knife and began to cut and cut and cut the arm that was pinned between the two rocks. And he finally finished. Once he finished, he made a tourniquet to stop the bleeding of the wound and then began to walk out of the mountains. He found a road and then ultimately found help and was saved and lives today to tell the story. Well, just a few years later, there's a story of a young woman, a young woman who was surfing off the waters of California, and suddenly she was attacked by a shark. The shark grabbed her arm and pulled her underneath the water. Now, for a split second, this young girl thought that if she didn't do something, the shark would kill her. And so it called for a radical act, a radical response on her part. While underwater with the shark, she began to beat the shark in the face with her free arm. And then she began to kick at the shark's face with both of her feet in an attempt to hurt the shark so that the shark would let her go. But instead, just the opposite happened. The shark bit down and severed her arm off completely. And yet, this young woman had the presence of mind to make it all the way back up to the surface of the water. And she found help and was rescued and lives today to talk about it. Now, in both of these cases, these individuals faced radical situations that required a radical response on their behalf in order to live. Now, I think that is very appropriate, a great segue into the gospel. This is exactly what Jesus is teaching us in the gospel for this weekend as it pertains to sin. Notice what Jesus says, Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were put around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. Now a millstone is used to grind wheat into flour, but this isn't just any old run-of-the-mill stone. 
It's a very large round stone that weighs hundreds and hundreds of pounds. Well, if that stone was tied around your neck and was thrown into the sea, you would surely die. There would be no hope for you. This is how radical sin is. It's not something that we can just talk in passing or carelessly or something that we can just laugh off. Sin has a direct consequence on the mortality of our souls. It requires a radical response on our behalf to avoid it and to help others avoid it also. Now, this talk may be a bit unsettling or make us feel a little bit uncomfortable. But if you study the gospel, countless times Jesus uses this type of hard language to describe the effects of sin. Furthermore, if you go to our great spiritual giants of our Catholic Church throughout the centuries, people like Bonaventure, Augustine, Benedict, St. Francis, they always talked about a spiritual danger of sin or a spiritual warfare that required a radical response on our behalf to combat those spiritual dangers. Therefore, we must take this gospel for this weekend very seriously. We have to tend to it very carefully. Now, notice how Jesus continues on. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed than with two hands to go into Gehenna, into the unquenchable fire. And so it begs the question, what do we use our hands for? Well, to reach out and grab things. Where do we see people in the Bible, in sacred scripture, reaching out and trying to grab something and then winding up into trouble? Well, Adam and Eve and the fall of grace. Adam and Eve grasping at that forbidden fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, mind you, original sin is ushered into this world, not necessarily by eating the forbidden fruit, but it's ushered into this world because of Adam and Eve grasping at that fruit. See, the reason why they do that is because Adam and Eve are reaching out and they're grabbing that fruit because they no longer see God as a friend. Instead, they see God as a rival who's trying to keep them down, trying to prevent them from becoming gods themselves. Therefore, in that act of grasping at that fruit, Adam and Eve want to be equal to God. They want to be gods themselves. Now, stay with that idea and fast forward into the 21st century where we are here right now today. We see that same act continuing. People in our own day and age grasping at God, wanting to be gods themselves. People do this in the form of moral relativism. Moral relativism, you may have heard this term, in which the individual, not God, becomes the sole arbiter, the sole determiner of what is morally right and wrong in their life. They say to God, no God, you do not determine what is morally good and evil. I do that all by myself. I can figure that out. Now, what's the real problem with this? Well, if the individual, rather than God, determines what is morally good and evil in their life, well, then it's all relative to each individual person. And so, what I determine that is morally good and evil in my life is different from you and different from the next person and the next and the next. What's the hidden danger there? Well, essentially, you can justify anything. You can literally justify any act or any statement whatsoever 
because it's all relative to the individual. And so you can do anything, which means sin no longer exists. Now, that is so prevalent in our day and age. How so? I've attended two conferences in the Archdiocese over the past few months. I've also attended two retreats in both of my parishes for the pastoral councils. And it is so interesting. Both facilitators of the retreats as well as the facilitator of these conferences talked about just this, moral relativism, and how it has become so prevalent amongst our young people, especially the millennials. They've noted that there's been research done that more and more millennials do not believe in sin. And so, if you do not believe in sin, then you don't need to be saved. And if you don't need to be saved, you don't need God in your life. Now, I don't know about you, but I find that deeply disturbing. So, if we are grasping at God, if we say to ourselves, you know, God, I know that this is morally evil, but I can justify it. You know, I, I can justify this act or this statement I'm going to make. Well, what do we have to do in this case? Well, we have to follow the words of Jesus. We have to spiritually cut off our hands. It requires a radical act upon our part. Essentially, we cannot see God as a rival. But instead, we see God just as who he is, our God, and that God is the sole arbiter, the sole determiner of what is morally good and evil in our life and in this world, and then live by that. Next in the gospel, Jesus says, If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to live life crippled than to have two feet thrown into Gehenna. Well, what do we use our feet for? Well, we use our feet to walk. Spiritually speaking, we should always be walking the path that leads to God, the path that we're all supposed to walk. However, there are some who choose to walk a different path, a path that leads away from God, and instead, a path that leads to fame, fortune, power, honor, money, notoriety. Well, if we are walking that wrong path, it requires a radical act on our part. We have to spiritually cut off our feet, abandon whatever path we're walking on, and follow that path that leads to God each and every day of our life. Next, Jesus says, If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Well, as I mentioned many times over, baptism is the second greatest event in our life. Because baptism, our life is now joined to Jesus Christ, never to be separated for all of eternity and gives us the promise of immortality to come for all of us. Well, the first greatest event in our life is when we come face to face with God, when we see the beatific vision. Therefore, our whole spiritual life is about looking, looking for and seeing the presence of God in our life and in this world. But if our eyes are distracted by the allure of this world, it's going to be hard to see that presence. What's required? a radical act on our part. Look away from those things that are distracting us from the presence of God in our life and instead look for the presence of God in the Eucharist, in our prayers, in the sacramental life, and we will always find it. Friends, today is a radical gospel passage. Jesus really challenges us to talk about sin and its effects in our life. It calls for a radical response on our part, 
so that we may always remain in a right relationship with Christ. And may the peace and the grace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.